Welcome to Tuke Talk, a video podcast by the band Tuke, and brought to you by Blackfrog Media. We chat with the best in the music industry from yesterday and today with a focus on the good old days of Canadian rock. This episode originally streamed live on Tuesday, June 16, 2020 on Facebook Live. Now, here are your hosts, Todd, Brent, Shane, Corey, and Darren. Welcome to Tube Shock. Hey, we're live. <laughs> we're live. Hey, everybody. What's going on? Whoa, ten of, uh, Solitary Ow. confinement and uh, entertainment with... Uh, well, yeah, solitary ah. confinement, yeah. Uh, I don't know if it's solitary. We'll call it that. For Brent Fitz it is, because Brent Fitz is in a new basement. I don't know if you know this or not, but he's, he's just been... Basement hopping all across Winnipeg. <laughs> no, basement sloth. That's my new uh, <laughs> Mr. <job>. Sloth. <laughs> There's no Jets paraphernalia behind you. It's not the same. Yeah. Oh, no, he does. He does. Look. Oh, don't break his, his left don't elbow. There's a Brent, you got to move, so show the camera. Oh, Lou Bombers. He's it's got a couple of sticks back oh, there. there you go. Look out. That's oh, a grand poobah. Hey, is that is that where uh, didn't uh, Joe Fani steal a table or something that's down there in that basement somewhere? Yeah, true story. Joe Fani came up to Joe Fani's from from New York, by the way. This is a crazy yeah. story. And uh, he came up to one of the NHL Heritage uh, Classic games where the Jets played the Oilers at the you know at the stadium outside in October. Anyway, and Lee and I said. You know, if you're going to come to Winnipeg, probably one of the most exciting times would be during, like, you know, a major hockey event. So Joe comes up, and he stays in a hotel, and, like, the whole hotel is lambasted with, you know, Jets memorabilia and stuff. And uh, after the weekend, they took all the, the, the branding stuff down. They had this killer, like, a coffee table in the lobby with the massive Jets logo. And Lee and I kept eyeing it up, like, that's the coolest table we've ever seen. So on the- <laughs> Joe checks out of his hotel room on Sunday. And we go to pick him up to take him to the airport to go back to New York. And he's running out of the hotel lobby. We're like, Joe, what are you doing? He's like, go, 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 run, run, run. We're like, what the hell? Get in the car, get in the car. So he stole the uh, the top of the table. It was like a sticker. And, uh, <laughs> and it's uh, awesome. It's on the wall. Can I at, see it? Uh, oh, wow. well done. It lives in Winnipeg in Lee's basement now. So That's uh, amazing. <clears throat> Good story, right? Hello, you guys. Hello, yeah. Winnipeg Hotline. Yes, <laughs> yes. I'd like to do that. <laughs> yeah, nine one one Winnipeg. Like to crime. What What are you guys doing? What's everybody doing in LA and and Vegas? Um. Yeah. Once again, we got two guys in LA, two guys in Winnipeg, and I'm in Vegas. So, um. Yeah, it's uh, it's been interesting. I've gone out a couple times. I'm trying to think what I did. Oh, I, I saw Zach Throne. Uh. Anybody who he's filled in for, uh, who's he filled in for? Corey, and he's filled in for, well, you moved to drums once and he played bass. Anyway, he's kind of like the yeah. fifth member of the band. So I've seen a few friends uh, during He just, they're doing a record with Corey Taylor from Slipknot. So um, right. Zach is playing guitar in Corey Taylor's solo band, and uh, that's yeah, pretty exciting for him. So um, other than that, I, yeah, I've just kind of been around. I mean, I, you know, I'm still not super gung ho about, you know, going out and whatnot. So. 
but uh, I mean, I've, I've been out almost every day. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, out, out, but, but yeah, restaurants. But You've been I'm, to a couple of restaurants. Well, I went to a couple of restaurants. We talked about that last week. Um, but I've been out on the trail a lot, which, you oh, know, sure, yeah. it's more acceptable. There's a lot more social distancing area. Yeah. Uh, but I, I, I knocked out another nine and a half miles yesterday, the backbone trail. I have exactly 20, 24 miles left to do before I'm done. And I got I'm going to do it before the 26th of this month, which is footage, which is my 50th birthday, which is Corey's birthday. That's right. He's the yeah. old guy in the band. We're all way younger than him. And, and I know we, we often talk about the beard, but let's not uh, discredit that glorious hair. You've got the old Todd Kearns 87 flip going there. You look uh, you look pretty good. <laughs> 87. No, 1987. Yeah. Thanks for noticing, Darren. I worked really hard on it metal edge look to it. It's great. I love it. Yeah. He goes to the same he goes to the same wig guy as I I do, that's yeah. all. Well wait if it was said metal edge, Darren, but it's a Canadian show, so wouldn't wouldn't it you be more know like it. Meat exactly. magazine Drew Masters, from- Meat Magazine. Meat magazine. Which which yeah. stands for yes, Metal does, Events yeah. Around Toronto. Yeah. Did you know that? There you go. Yeah. Slick yeah. Toxic, Sven uh, Big House, Sven yeah. Slash Puppet. I used to love that like magazine, that and it was free. It was great. Well, for the long time, it was free? I think mm-hmm. they. Age of Electric was in it back yeah, then. Yeah, you know, I still actually probably have a box of them sometimes. So maybe one of these Tuke Talks, I'll bring out some of them and we can uh, we can talk about it. Because uh, you know what was really cool about it is that at the back it always had the agenda as to which band was playing where and all the clubs around Toronto, and and and, and, and I, I remember looking that, at yeah. those, you know, and you wouldn't ever real, you know, you'd have to decide where you'd want to go. Now you're lucky if there's a band playing at all. So. We can look back on those with no, fond memories. Yeah. That's that's true of pretty much everywhere, including places like Calgary and Edmonton and Winnipeg and all that kind of stuff. I think it's it used Speaking to be of bananas bands, I back in the day. Today, I was looking. The Ontario government has opened up a, I guess, what they would consider the next phase in the coronavirus. Everybody go back to doing what they're doing scenario. With the exception of restaurants and bars can open with limited capacity, but there is absolutely no singing, no dancing. So it's just like Footloose. Yeah. And wow. that's true. And that's true. And I actually, wow. I actually read a medical report it, saying that the reason is because when you dance, you tend to get close to people. And when you sing, you spit. So yeah. You spit. So yeah. maybe, maybe Kevin Bacon can come and release exactly. us from this prison. But you know, the thing is, is I also read a poll Stop that it. all of the club bands in Toronto don't notice a difference because nobody's dancing. So everybody. (laughs) 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 So it's all this. You know, there's some games that have started to open up around here. Yeah. A couple of friends of mine are starting a gig in bar doing cover gigs and stuff. Mm -hmm. Really? Like where, like what kind of places are you? Like your, you know, dive bars that have bands still. Right. I think that those would be the first would be like kind of punk rock places. They're immune to all that stuff. You know, a little. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Hey, what Tom, about like is the baked potato or anything like that happening? Baked you know potato? that that hasn't opened up yet, but hopefully soon. Todd, I heard though that Vegas on Fremont, you know where they have all those stages, right on Fremont yeah. Street. I think they tried. I heard mm-hmm. that, and they shut down, them down like after an hour or something. I I, I read an announcement, and they announced Zoe Bowie was playing. Some friends yeah. of our, uh, local local friends of ours. So I, I I texted Chris from Zoe Bowie. I'm like, dude, back to work. And he goes, in, in the course of while he was writing it, I think he got another text or or 
some sort of note that, that it wasn't happening. So it literally went from like, yep. yeah, dude, it's going to be great. I'll hang on. I just got a message. It's not happening. <laughs> so, so it was really bizarre. Yeah. My sister so, got called like yesterday or the day before that her Michael Jackson show is uh, is coming back in a week or so. The one oh, over oh, wow. here. So yeah. um, that's, that's promising. This all yeah. sounds good, you know, like when yeah. it's actually in full swing. I guess. Well, it sounds good, but, you know, if you're, you know, it depends what side of the, I mean, if it's, if it's not, if it's a little premature, then it's not good at all, but we'll, we'll see what happens. You know, I'm very, very optimistic, but at the same time, like, mm, okay, well, if you, if you say so, let's do this, you know. <laughs> I don't think anybody's going to turn down going back to work. That's just straight up. Like, we're all kind of like, yeah, sure, let's go play a gig. That'd be fun. We should talk about our uh, video again because we kind of teased to it because we're almost ready to, uh, we're almost done, right? Yeah, yeah. well, for Canada so, Day, video. a live performance on Canada Day via the internet. So by the time we do the live video on Canada Day, maybe they'll be starting to talk about Canada Day being, or, or um, live shows starting to happen around then. But uh, in the meantime, we're uh, preparing for a, a Canada Day performance on uh, a Chronicast. Yeah. A Chronicast. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> None of us together, no. but playing together, like in different yeah. cities. Playing together from Los Angeles. So talk Las a little Vegas, bit about that. Where is it going to be broadcast yeah. and how people can see it and what can they expect? I don't know. I don't know either. <laughs> is, it, is this a secret? <laughs> what is this a, you tell us. Exactly. Professional organization? I don't know. Uh, well, uh, our, one of our guests, uh, John Donnelly from the Queen City Kids organized. Uh, he usually organizes a show in Surrey, B.C., which is basically Vancouver. I don't know why we always. Uh, it's uh, beautiful Surrey, B.C. Uh, we used to, we played it. I think we played a Canada Day there. What we played there, Fitzy? 2017, I think. Yeah, yeah three years ago. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, we did we did one then, and uh, Ori flew in the day before you played in Toronto with Shania. Yeah, we had been, we had we had two two shows there, and we had a day off in between. And I flew the very next morning after the Shania show, played the show with you guys, and couldn't even help you guys tear everything down, and had to get right back to the airport and get back That's to play right. a show with her the next night. That's why I was confused because Zach, Zach Throne was at that gig. Now that I think about it, so Shane was probably oh, still right. doing Japanese. Shane was in Japan, yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, right, right. Yeah. Cool. So, so yeah. we we, do. we got a great show today. Yes, we're really excited. It's the tenth one. We've been working up to the tenth one. Everything else has been, you know, yeah. opening act yeah. for this particular artist. We might have to stop doing the shows after this because it's going to be hard to go anywhere from this point. Yeah. Yeah. Top of the mountain, baby. Top of the mountain. It's all it's down. Hitting down. the peak. It's hitting the peak. <laughs> I was nervous last week with Kim Mitchell, but this week I'm I was really nervous, nervous because like, his lawyers got involved in well, the first five minutes. We have major, major celebrity in the house. <laughs> yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, no, I, did, I didn't try today, to do anything fancy because yeah. I don't know. I don't want to deal with these digital lawsuits. <laughs> Just so that everybody yeah, knows Kim was on board and we've we sorted it all out. But Facebook is a whole other thing, so we're yeah. not gonna we're not gonna push the envelope. Yeah, yeah. We just happened to play. We just happened to play a few clips from one of his some of his videos, and it, it sort of it, it alerted the Facebook police it actually, it actually to uh, shut us down, which was the most proper. I don't. I mean, like, yeah, the only it went from all oh viewers to only U.S. viewers. It just it just blacked everybody out. So it's kind of odd. So fun. I'm, is it does it like the algorithm catch well, it, or I would is there somebody because, policing I mean, it, or Ken's like, management team has better things back. to do than to sit around and just watch every possible podcast, you know? But. <laughs> I mean, in, yeah, unless exactly, they're a big yeah. fan. It must be just some sort of... And to have the ability to shut it down that quickly, I mean, it has to be something, so... 
it was Universal Music Group that I got the message from. So I'm sure they have, you know, across the board. So it was the man. It was the man. It was the man. man. But more importantly, now we get to kind of hang out. We we finally get to break up the sausage party, which is yes, it is. Yeah, (laughs) which is a nice (laughs) turnaround. It's been always nice to have a uh, a little estrogen in the room. I mean, more than the one that I'm doing in my menopause phase here. Anyway, look. uh, Why don't you introduce (laughs) our guest? Take it away, Corey. All right. Well, today we have a very special guest. She is a Canadian legend. She's a international superstar. She's a singer-songwriter. She's a storyteller, and I say that. She's loving this. Just pour it on, pour it on. She's loving it, I can tell. <laughs> but, it's all, but the thing is, it's all true. Like, it if you go see one of her shows, um, her music is so fantastic, but her in-between song, Banter, is just as good. Like, it's it. such a great experience. She's an author, right? She's she's an actor. She's in a show right now that uh, the title is her name. Yeah. Right. So yeah. I'm sure you all know who is who it is. She's also a podcast host. She's won eight Juno awards. Yeah. She's. I mean, I have such a big list right here. You can see I'm reading because I didn't want to forget anything. But if I don't stop now, it's going to be over. And we're out of time before so, we get started. Uh, gonna- <laughs> I know. Yeah. <laughs> She's received the Order of Canada. That's like getting knighted, right? I know. That's the coolest. She's yeah. had she's had like twelve albums. Like she works really. Hard. I don't know how she's even got time to to be on this show with us. But it really leads us to the question: What the hell is she doing hanging out with us? That's yeah, really- <laughs> <laughs> this one slipped by her management, obviously. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> she must be bored. <laughs> Best of all, she's an animal lover and a vegan. Yay. Yeah, yeah. Everybody, please welcome to the show. Yay. 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 Welcome. Oh my gosh, Corey. That's very kind of you. What did I miss? No, I've nothing. I was just going, who the hell is he talking about? You know, it's uh, no, I've I've been around a while. So, um, yeah, it's been great. I, my, my motto is don't be afraid to suck. And, uh, you can, well, I stepped into that, but it's just, I do a lot of things, not really all that well, but I really like it. Mm. I like being in a whole bunch of different mediums and I'm not worried about if I'm the best in the world or anything like that. I, I just really like creating things. And of course my, my baseline is always songwriting. I mean, before I'm a singer, I'm a songwriter. And, um, I think I just, I just couldn't stay away from it as a kid. That's, I don't know how I ended up here. Honest to God. It's a, it's a comedy of errors. But that's really important. I think it's really cool that you say that because so many people have opportunities just kind of fall in their lap. And we kind of like I acted in some stuff back in the day. I used to date an actress and I was always kind of like when that kind of fell in my lap, I was kind of like, I'm not an actor. I don't want to do this. I'll make a fool of myself. But but I I had the same attitude like, well, you know, you kind of have to say yes to these things, even though you might fall flat on your face. But at least you you know, you've done it. But I mean, that's not to say I actually think your acting is fantastic. And I think it's got to be especially hard trying to, to, to play some version of yourself. I think that's that's really fascinating. So I'm so good glad I'm not her. I'm so glad I'm not her. Like, <laughs> I, you know, the writers bring me this stuff. I'm in the writing room the whole time. I'm not a writer, but I'm very involved in the storyboards and kind of what the character of Jan does, which is a, a, an aging 
singer songwriter trying to find relevance, trying to figure out her relationships, and just failing miserably. She has no spatial idea of what's going on with other people around her. And I, sometimes I'm truly uncomfortable, but it has tr it's been such a joy doing the show. Second season starts in September, and then we're just writing the third season now. If someone had told me I'd be doing scripted comedy, I don't even know. I just I don't even know what I would think, but I I'm having a blast and um, people yeah. are actually watching it. So and, 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 well, just just to tie in here, in case anybody, because we get viewers on this podcast from all around the world. If anybody doesn't know, Jan has a uh, half an hour sitcom on CTV, and it is titled Jan, and it's going to season number two. Season one, the season finale, actually broke some records in Canada, if I'm not mistaken, correct? It was millions of viewers, so the, the show's been... I don't know too much about that, but we're hoping to be in an international situation, hopefully in the next 10 months. Awesome. So um, Fingers crossed, but it's the more episodes that we film, the more we have to sell to a U.S. audience and to a U.K. audience. So we're, we're really hopeful. We hope that it resonates... Um, for people not just in Canada, because it, it is kind of Canadian. Yeah. But I think yeah. very, very relatable. I mean, so who doesn't that, hang their... Sorry, go ahead. How does that work as far as, like, writing for you? Do you feel like that they that they follow you around and kind of get a, a feel for what you talk like? Are you, are you somewhat ad-libbing, or is it kind of like putting words in Jan Arden's mouth that are supposed to be spoken by a character called Jan Arden just seems fascinating to me. Like, it, does yeah, it feel... Well, with things that you would normally say, or is it kind of more like... Because no, it's a character. It, it really isn't. It is a character. But I think Leah, who's one of um, the uh, the show, she, she developed the show with me. So there's her, Leah Gautier, and Jenica Harper. And they're so used to me. They've known me for a long time. Leah has known me right. for a long time. And so she knows that I have a very sardonic, kind of dark sense of humor. And I make suggestions all the time. But they really are clever about putting it together and... Um, it's. I don't even know how I memorize the words. It's the biggest nightmare for me. I work with a guy named Tom Carey because I'm I'm memorizing 15 pages of script every day. Wow. And um, I never thought I could do it. I thought, am I going to have like some kind of a bean in my ear and Jesus will be speaking to me? <laughs> and I've right, actually uh, managed to get that part of my brain functioning. And well, it's how, very how scary. How do you do that? repetitive and tom if you're out there tom he's just beside me constantly constantly going over it i mean it's like mr kincaid in the can taking a poo and he's talking to me underneath the the stall you know he's playing everybody else and it's just it, it is literally repetitive it's repetitive repetitive and we film for about six weeks and i never it i can't do anything else but that so i don't sing i don't write i don't read a book i don't look at tv it's mm -hmm. all i do and it's wow it's really exciting i i love it but i'm so glad music seems so easy to me when i get back to it i'm like thank I you bet. jesus <laughs> so when you say you consider yourself to be a songwriter primarily are you involved in the writing of the show as well or is that something that you just leave to storylines storyline right, so okay. when we when we sit in the writer's room like right now we're knocking out all the story outlines for the eight episodes of season three and i'm heavily involved in that like i i really have a sense of what 
you know, I want to do. And the girls are so, we work together. It's very symbiotic. It's like being in a band. Like we're, we're in a band. <laughs> and, I, and I love the plot tagline where you're trying to overcome your arch rival, Sarah McLaughlin. Is that, is there any truth to that in real life or is that just a. Sarah makes a guest uh, appearance in season two. Amazing. That is so epic. I don't know what to tell you. It's in the first episode, and if you don't tune in just for that, you are missing. There's going to be so many memes. There's going to be so many. She's amazing. She's very funny. Uh, she was such a good sport. She was a really good sport because we had her doing some stuff. Wow. And, uh, yeah, I can't wait for people to see it. It was supposed to air in March. COVID pushed it to May, and now uh, COVID has pushed it to September. So uh, it's been a real – I'm so disappointed that people haven't had a chance to see it yet. Well, maybe everybody – because of stuff like this, you could, maybe everybody can get caught up on season one and then – and then yes. get to, uh, There you Just go. Watch That's season what, one over and over. We're all sitting at home anyway. We can it's all funny, watch it. It's funny that the networks would decide to do that because you'd think that you'd want to target an audience where most people are at home. I mean, I wonder what uh, the, I wonder true, what the reason is yeah. for well, the postponement. Well, it's, it's advertising. It's ah, advertising. yes. So. Actually, yeah, Which you're right. It all comes yeah. down to – So, yeah, and the revenues are so down. Oh, my God. My dog has been – driving me bonkers <laughs> so we want to see now, yeah. it looks like you're on an episode of cops yeah. <laughs> <laughs> who's that in the tank top oh hey, my god hey, oh, oh. so uh, uh, i love it there she yeah. is so cute she's so cute when you're filming your show does the camera crew come to you or you go to it like where where's the location do they actually come to you, you at home I'll no, um, it's we have some stuff as sets, yeah. uh, but we shoot a lot on location. But I, I'm picked up by a driver at four thirty in the morning, five o'clock in the morning, right? And they put you in hair and makeup, and then you go to whatever you're shooting that day. And we do something called block shooting. This is all new to me, and uh, we basically shoot eight episodes at the same time. So cool. I could be doing five different episodes in a day oh, oh my god so i never know where i'm at in the story what i'm supposed to be doing so when i see it i'm like oh that's what i was doing <laughs> that's where i'm coming from it all comes together yeah. and that's calgary? How, how do you even you get should, yourself we shoot, it, we shoot it west of calgary um okay, yeah. in, around a town called bright creek there's a set out there that uh, our production company has and they have all kinds of buildings and some of the stuff is shot in calgary proper but we've used colleges and restaurants and we're really proud that calgary is actually a character in the show absolutely because um i said you know i'm very interested in doing it but my mom had alzheimer's at the time and i didn't want to go to toronto for months and i said you know i'm up for trying it but i need to shoot it at home right and yeah. which meant calgary and i thought they'd shut me down and they're like okay shouldn't be a problem i'm like oh my god i might actually end up doing this Maybe it's cheaper mm. in Calgary somehow. I mean, television in general or, or film or anything is all based on, like, how much money you can, corners you can cut here and there. I don't know. Although I imagine the business in Vancouver and Toronto is probably up and running, so maybe. But Calgary's always had something going on there. They've done a lot of shooting here. I yeah. think uh, Heartland shot for years north of 60. Mm. Um, Fargo. Fargo shot there. Yeah, Fargo. But yeah. Calgary yeah. always is playing something else. Yeah. You know, they're right. they're playing yeah. something else. Um, True, yeah. So it's interesting to see it as a backdrop as, it, as itself. And people are really excited about seeing, you know, oh, my God, there's my house. There's where the Safeway is. And there's, so that's really cool. Yeah. 
Yeah. And is that, do you have any background in acting or is this, I always wonder this because my comedian friends will suddenly land in a movie and I go, you're an actor now? And I go, yeah, dude, I just kind of landed ass backwards in this thing. And I go, it's so crazy to imagine because I didn't have any acting background either. And you just kind of like, just say these words. And I'm go, not an actor. So but yeah, you're surrounded by, an and you're surrounded by professional actors, I'm assuming, or? or Very professional. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> like people that just have these rap sheets that are amazing. So um, was there any sort of tune-up that happens? Like any sort of like, hey, you got to do this, you, gotta, you just got to go in cold? That's amazing. Good yeah, yeah. Especially. Literally everyone was so scared. They're like, we've written the show, got millions of dollars to make this thing, you know, <laughs> the network and everything. And Leah said to me, she goes, I sure hope you can act. I'm like, me too. <laughs> Listen, you, if, you, if, you, if you bleep out your own swear words, we'll have to add them in later. Yeah, exactly. Oh, gosh, sorry. Okay. And, and we have the ability to change them to whatever we want. So it's, you know. Yeah, yeah that's true. <laughs> um, I just wanted to say about Kim Mitchell. I loved Kim Mitchell growing up so much. Might as well go for soda. And, you know, let go of the line. I must have listened to let go of the line. Yeah. Laying on my parents' indoor-outdoor carpeting in the basement, and we didn't have headphones. We begged to get headphones, and my dad's like, you don't need any goddamn headphones. And I remember taking the speakers off the shelf and setting them on the floor and laying between them oh, nice. to pretend that I had headphones on and just listening to it over and over again. I've never met him, but He's the best. really, yeah, He's such so great pop music. Yeah, that's fantastic. Monster guitar player. So speaking of music, uh, we talked a bit about your TV show. What's happening with music these days? I've been writing a lot, actually, in quarantine. I've um, been writing with an old friend of mine, Russ Broom. Corey, yeah. Russ says to say hi to you. He's an amazing okay. musician, uh, a wonderful guitar player. And, and uh, we actually, we didn't speak for about 10 years. We worked together for 14 years, did a lot of music together. And we just sort of went different ways and and uh about a year and a half ago we reconnected russell does all the music for the jan show so oh. i asked him to get involved in that but we've started writing like pop music again so we've probably got six or seven things in the last eight or nine weeks that are so good i'm so happy with them That's and exciting. um and i'm working on season three so i'm doing zoom writing which is wow. not optimum for writing uh, a comedy but doing that and um i have another book coming out in october which is still on track it was supposed to it's not been moved and i'm actually next week going to record the audio version of that so there's little Ooh. things that are coming in i've actually have a speaking engagement i don't know how it's going to work but it's a zoom huh. speaking thing for like 800 Ooh. people and i'm going to sing oh. a couple of songs and do my oh. normal speech that i do do you want to and practice here i would <laughs> Four score and 20 years ago. <laughs> That's the new I Bill and Ted movie. Went over, yeah. So, but for the most part, I, I just walk in the dog. I got a giant garden here. I have quite a bit of land where I am. That's a perfect and, segue. Uh, I want to hear about your... I want to hear, because it looks like you live in the middle of nowhere. Like, it looks... I mean, anybody who's seen the foothills of... of Banff National Park, the the Rocky Mountains. It's just gorgeous, and I'll just show you what I'm looking. Yes, at. Yes, please. I can only imagine. It, oh looks, it looks to me like it's is it Bear's Paw area? Dan? It's called it's called Rocky View County. Um, I, I would call it almost on the verge of a place called Springbank. Okay. So um, but it's I'm there. 35, 40 minutes west of Calgary. 
and um, I've pretty much lived out here my whole life. My I grew up out here. My dad moved us out here in 1970, right. and I've really literally been on the road the last 28 years. This is the longest I've been home in a place for 25 years. Wow. Because I still travel 250 days a year. The show keeps me at home for six weeks. That's all. Awesome. So that was another thing. I mean, I don't really get to enjoy it, but I am going to sleep in my own bed. Sure. But I um, I didn't realize how profoundly tired I was until yeah. COVID hit. Yeah. Um, and I love yeah. working. And I am, <clears throat> excuse me, I have time restrictions. I'm 58. And as long as I keep singing well, I'll keep doing it. But, you know, really, I've got to... I've got a decade, I think. Oh, yeah, absolutely. People, there's not, there seems to be no time limit anymore. I'm actually, it's a constant uh, curiosity <laughs> watching artists uh, get older, you know. The fact that yeah. 70 seems like, meh, yeah, 70, you can still keep playing when you're 70. Like, wow. What a I cool. hope I'm not. I really don't. <laughs> but I, but the writing I can still continue to do. But as soon as I'm not singing well, like I'm not changing keys, yeah, I'm oh, not yeah. going to drop... Whenever I've gone to see people that I, I love to see, I'm just like, oh, God, I can't. Right. You know, sometimes just changing keys changes the entire game of a song. Sure. It just yeah. loses yes. everything. Oh, my God. Exactly right. And they right. seem awkward. They're like the backup singers take the high notes, and the audience is nervous. They're yeah. like, here it comes, here it comes, here it comes. And, oh, no. Yeah. And... Um, it's weird, so I, I'm gonna, I will bow out like a lady when, when we get to that, but I think I'm singing better now than I ever have in my life. I'm almost at that place where I'm just coming over the mountain. Um, I know my voice so well, and I write for myself, and I don't think I did that in my 20s and 30s. Even in my 30s, I wasn't writing for myself in a way that, that benefited my voice. Now I know. I'm like, right. nope, not going there, not going there. Mm -hmm. So it's taken me a, uh, my entire career to learn where where my sweet spot is and where I so, want to stay. So how far away are you from like where you grew up? Because I'm always fascinated because you didn't say I'm going to go move to Hollywood or move. Yeah, to I'm 20 minutes from where That's I grew up. Amazing. That's amazing. Yeah. Did you ever live in Vancouver or anywhere like that? I was in Vancouver in 1985-86. I was busking on the streets. Yeah. I hammered. The whole time, I was really promiscuous. I oh. was just—I didn't have any sense of myself, and I didn't think anyone like me, that looked like me, could have a chance in music. But I—I I didn't know what to do. I had dropped out of college. I was taking theater arts. Wow. Um, and I just—I got slugged one day and knocked out Whoa. playing guitar in Gastown, and then I ended up on a salmon trawler for a month and then I came home to Calgary and I just every time I tried to get away from music something happened and I was back in the game I didn't sign my record deal with A&M I signed in Los Angeles and I was just about to turn 30 so it was very late in life for me and I don't think it's a story that you would here now mm -hmm. um i i remember the, the guy that signed me his name's alan reed and he actually runs the juno yeah. awards in calgary now so mm -hmm. I know, alan. yeah i remember when i was signing um he asked me how old i was he'd never asked me before and i said uh -huh. I'm, gonna be, I'm gonna be 30 next month and he looked at me like i don't know how old he thought i was but it just he was there was a very big pause wow but, uh, yeah so i was i was a 
I was a fully developed person at that point in the game, so but I'm awesome. very, I'm very grateful. We should go back actually and talk about like, you know, I'm always very curious because a lot of us in the big rock world, we go, we played some clubs and had bottles thrown at us and then when somebody saw us and we got a deal. So I'm always fascinated by, so you basically just, you're kind of like got an acoustic guitar and just play and sing songs. Yeah, I was in bars a lot. I was in really bad rock bands all through Northern British Columbia and Alberta. And I did that from the time I was 18 to right up until 30. Um, a guy named Neil McGonagall had seen me singing in a duo and he probably followed me around for a year. Once in a while when I was with David playing piano, jazz, blues in these little clubs, hammered. I was drunk the entire time. That word keeps coming up. Um, I, it's yeah. true. I was a big drinker. And uh, I once in a while would put one of my songs in. I would right. grab my guitar and I would play a song. And Neil approached me, oh gosh, it was eight or ten months after he started following me around. And he just said, I'd really like to work with you. Um, I think you could get a record deal. So I think I was about 25 years old. And I just thought, well, I okay. <clears throat> and anyway, I really didn't have a big break. I was turned down by everybody multiple times. My music was too personal. It was too depressing. Um, long story short, Alan Reed, who I mentioned, uh, he had been given a cassette by a guy named Doug Chappelle. I know I'm dropping all these names that mean nothing to anybody. Okay. But Doug ran Virgin for years in Canada. Virgin Records was a very successful, huge label. Yeah. Um, and anyways, Doug had got my cassette, and he just didn't know what to do with it. So he gave it to Alan Reed, and he said, I don't know what to do with her. She's pretty good. It's kind of folky. Alan took it. He put it in his car, listened to it a few times, and uh, he phoned us the next day and turned us down. Hmm. And I was devastated. I just thought that had been probably 20 rejections, 25 rejections, every, hmm. every week. And anyway, the next day, Alan's fiance broke up with him and ended their relationship. He was 26 years old. He was looking to sign Nirvana. It was 1992. Pearl Jam was happening, the whole West Coast music scene. And here's me, like, da-da-da-da-da. Right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway, he took some time off, and when he got back into his car, um, my cassette was still in the deck. And when he started it up, a song came on called I Just Don't Love You Anymore. And it was just me playing my guitar, and Alan said, I understood what you did. And he phoned Neil back the next day, and he said, I don't know if Jan will ever sell a record. But I'm going to sign her, and I've been with them now for 28 years. With Whoa, that's crazy! Yeah. Wow. That's yeah. amazing. So you talk about you talk so about your music being that you talk about your music being that personal. Is there one that stands out overall that you would consider to be the closest to your heart, or is there just kind of something from uh, your perspective that stands out over that career? Well, I mean, certainly I think one of the biggest surprises to me, that was one of the biggest songs that I have to this day, is a song called Good Mother. Yeah, and it is it was about my parents. And I didn't particularly even think it had a chorus. Mm. I, uh, I don't, I just was like, where's the chorus? Every time I play that song, I'm like, where is the chorus in this song? I don't know. Yeah. But I just still to this day get so many messages about that song and it, it was just about the color of my hair and you know having a house and a car and it was all these kind of benign things and I did not think it would hit the way it did 
um, it's a really versatile song. It's great for funerals and weddings, which I'm very proud of. Wow, yeah. And, some would, uh, some yeah. would consider the you same can, thing. You can get married, and then if yeah. you die, yeah. yes, yeah. exactly. <laughs> so how does that, what was the kind of stuff informing you as a young person when it came to, like, picking up acoustic guitar? Is that more like the Neil Young type stuff, or what kind of music was kind of, like, making I you was, kind of... I was the other end of the pool. My brother, my older brother was Neil Young and, and you know, all these guys. But I was James Taylor, Janice and Carly Simon, ABBA, Olivia Newton-John, um, Donna Summer. Uh, I just, I just, uh, I wasn't really a singer-songwriter. I really loved pop music. ABBA was huge for me. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. you know, I, yeah. and I, my mom had an old guitar in the basement and literally from... You know, I started playing that when I was about 11 years old, and I was writing songs a month later. And by the time I was 18, I'd written 400 songs that were terrible. <laughs> and I, they were just terrible, you know. Um, but I just just was stuck on it. I just loved it. That's and, so um, yeah, I just really enjoyed it. It was like having a crush on something. But I kept yeah. it a secret, too. I didn't even tell my family I played guitar or sang until I was 18. Wow. So wow. every time someone came okay. around, I hid it. Because I was a funny kid, right? I was funny. So that, wow. that ties into a... Sorry, sorry Shane. I just, it ties into a question we have online because uh, somebody was asking. I said, did you grow up knowing that you would be a writer, a singer, and be sharing your story like you are today? What, 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 was, no, the al never what was the alternative path had you not done that? Well, I wanted to be a teacher, I wanted to be a school teacher. That's that's what I had always envisioned myself being. When I was in the basement, I used to pretend to be a teacher. And, um, you know, I think even singing was very strange to me because I was writing all these songs, and I think I learned to sing by default because I'm thinking, well, how does a person get someone to sing their songs? Mm -hmm. So I just, I think I was quite terrible when I started, and I just mimicked everything I heard, like Bette Midler and... Share and um, sure. I sounded more like Olivia Newton John than Olivia Newton John. And then a guy that I worked <laughs> with, you know, years later, his name was David Hart, and um, he was quite a bit older than me. But he then introduced me to Ella Fitzgerald and Aretha Franklin and Nancy Wilson and the Mills Brothers and Tom Waits. I mean, I got so heavily into Tom Waits, so yeah. I swung that way, and that really affected my songwriting. So I had the pop sensibility, mm -hmm. and then I really wanted to write authentic, real things, you wow. know, that were about not getting it right. It was always love in some form or another. Yeah. But uh, when when I met David and, and played in that duo with him before I got my record deal, that was a real game changer in how I approached songwriting. Oh, so how long was it before you actually played with a drummer? How old were you when that happened? <sighs> like after the album? Uh, I'm gonna no. It was it was long before. I was in the bars from oh the bar circuit. Yeah. Nineteen to twenty nine. So for ten years, for the time I was about nineteen twenty, okay. I've just played in full bands. Sure. Really terrible bands. Uh, there was one called <laughs> oh, we Executive Suite. There was one called Factor Four. I mean, I did, uh, you know, Jethro Tull and Nazareth songs, and oh, I mean, wow. we were we were playing way up north, and we had to play hard rock. So, oh, yeah. Um, Shane, once in a while, I'd throw in Sheena Easton. Shane, but Shane <laughs> you're from Innisfail, Alberta. How would you? How did you and Jan not be? Crossing know, right because we we had to have played a lot of the same places. I'm from Innisfail, Alberta. My brother's in jail there. Oh wow! At wow. the pan in Innisfail. 
Well, he's, been he's actually been in jail for 27 years. 27 that's such years. a crazy. Oh my story. god! But so I'm I'm in yeah. Innisfail like a lot going up there wow. to see him. Yeah, one of my best friends works there. He's a he's a guard, Mike. <laughs> Oh, wow! I'll run it by my brother. Maybe they know each other. There you go. <laughs> wow! Yeah, that's amazing, though. Yeah. So, so what's the new book about? So you got coming. Well, out? if I knew then, and it's quite funny, it's just about um, you know getting older and understanding the power and the wisdom in just time. I yeah. think, especially for women, um, you know, you. I, I'm actually in an industry where. You know, you suddenly find yourself very marginalized when you're not able to bear children or for you're not thought of as a sexual being or that's not your appeal when you're just dealing with your intellect and your wisdom. Mm -hmm. um, it's very difficult to kind of navigate that. And so I wanted to write something kind of funny about it and just to cheer people on 50 ish is not at all what it seemed to me when I was a kid. When my mom was 50, she seemed 110. Oh, 100%. And yeah. like you said, it's very different now. The optics are very different on aging, and I, and I do want to cheer people on. I don't, I don't want them to think that they can't start something completely new at 50 years old. Um, Julia Childs comes to mind, started her food career at 50 years old. Yeah, right. So when right. you think about Amazing. someone who was, an, who was an iconic, when you think about the culinary world, Julia Child was she spearheaded what the Food Network is now. Absolutely, yeah. And yeah. she was 50. So I don't want people to think that they have to go grab a golf kit and kit, a golf yeah. set. Golf yeah, I know. Bag, and just and, start dying. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I mean, I started the TV show, I started working on it at 54. Amazing. 53, we started developing it. And. You know, I'm hoping to do another four seasons after this. Hell I'd yeah. like, to, you know, six, six or seven seasons. Well, based on it, based on so everything that you're saying here, you kind of had a two in one because it looks like your two of your dreams came true because you are teaching a lot and people that are watching you, you have the ability to teach a lot larger audience. Somebody was asking, um, due to the fact that you have such a social media presence and such a just a household presence, how do you deal with any of the negative comments? How do you deal with the negativity that comes along with being such a presence online or on TV or in person? Is that something that you just yeah, kind of... I, I don't deal with it a lot. I mean, I, I've certainly had my share. I've certainly found that I've stepped into a realm where it, 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 it'll bite me back. But I, I block a lot of people. I think um, I'm not a muter. I don't do it. I, and I, there's no three chances. I block instantly. Some people would disagree with that. Uh, I don't even accept vitriol between uh, people. Like if right. there's somebody going after somebody else that's on my page, I'm like, why am I seeing this? Absolutely. So it's it's gone. And as we all know, social media there's very there's very different trains of thought. Facebook is its own strange fake news, weird article kind of thing. Mm -hmm. uh, but it does have redeeming qualities. But it can be quite vicious and quite gossipy. Yeah. Twitter is just this bang bang bang, stab to hurt, you know, shoot to kill kind of thing, but it also rallies people. It tells them, you know, mm -hmm. it gives us this instant information of what's happening. Instagram is the kindest of the three. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's people are genuinely well-behaved. Uh, they don't get too mean. Um, they're usually pretty supportive, but um, I, I don't tolerate much of it. I, 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 I instantly just get rid of it, and I'll, and I'll bite oh, back yeah. too. Mm -hmm. Good for you. Yeah, well, yeah. that's that's kind of why I was leading towards that because it doesn't seem like you're the kind of person that would take a step back 
you know, especially when it comes to a good yeah. cause or to support, you know, the right decision. So. Yeah, I mean, I take a lot of flack. Corey would know this just from animal welfare. Um, it's not my entire feed, but I try and find balance with animal advocacy. Mm -hmm. um, I, you know, I've been vegan for two years. I didn't eat red meat for almost 15. I was, I was with someone for a decade that didn't eat meat, so I didn't eat meat. And I kind of just morphed into that. And then I thought, why am I eating chicken and fish? Like, why, and why aren't I being more verbal about it because I knew if I rolled up my sleeve to get into that arena that I needed to educate myself um, sure. but it's I, it's getting there I think um, you know I pick my battle surely but I'm proud of it I'm proud of the fact that a lot of people say listen I'm doing two plant-based meals a week because of you they're like oh my gosh if Jan's doing this and you know people are stepping up and signing petitions for me um, That's amazing. It, it's, it's interesting work and I'm glad to do it I don't I don't want to just be complacent and we've learned that this last month exactly yes, do you have exactly. animals on your property by the way no it's because I travel so much I mean of I'd course. love to I, I would love to have animals I just I have I used to have a couple of big farm dogs that were my parents sure. but they're all gone now the parents are hmm. gone my, my last big dog I put down in June of last year uh, and uh, but I'd love to get a, another big dog and I think um, I think it's doable like I I think the way I travel now I could probably get the big dog in there somehow and get sure. another rescue but Liddy's almost 12 so wow, and, wow. But she can come wherever I go yeah I mean a dream I'd love to have animals here I'd love to have yeah. a couple of horses yeah, for sure. I've definitely got and a, and a, and a topic Goats. that touches all of our hearts, I'm sure here. And let's not everybody just take a, a couple of seconds back to to uh, acknowledge the fact that you said rescue, your favorite breed being rescue. That's obviously the best way to go about it, correct? Yes, yeah. the only yes. way to go. Oh, absolutely. So anybody watching out there that's considering, that's the way to go. Yeah. Yeah, COVID has has been really bad and really great. I always think that good things come out of bad things, but. You know, rescues have literally been emptied out mm -hmm. uh, with people taking pets. I mean, yes, it'll happen again, and there's probably going to be some returns because people are knuckleheads, you know. Right. Oh, I had them. For, but hopefully they'll fall in love with the dogs that they have, and that won't be the case, um, you know, the overwhelming thing that happens. So, right. yeah, people are just – the Internet has been magical for animal welfare. It's been That's magical awesome. for them to see where they get their proteins from and yeah. how it works and what it's doing to the planet. Um, COVID's been magical that way. It has shone a light on a lot of issues. Yeah, so, um, yeah, it's it's going to be very cool to see how we go forward from this and yes. how people are going to position themselves. I want to be on the right side of history. I just do. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, we all do. I think it's a lot of people when they go vegan, um, they say they're only the only bad thing about it was that they resent not doing it sooner. Would you also say you would fall in that category? Very much so. And I don't know why I was raised, you know, in a spale, and you know, we were we were in some, we were in cattle country, you know. Yeah, absolutely. And um, my my mom. We we had beef. I'm gonna say four or five times a week, right. and it wasn't when it wasn't beef. It was pork. I had you know, chicken. Chicken was you know if you oh my god if we have to have a chicken we will. But um, I do re I do resent that. You know I used to buy packages of Black Forest ham. I don't know why the disconnect was there. 
you know, I, I don't know what to blame it on, a busy life or this or that. And I loved pets. We had rabbits. We had geese growing up. We had birds. We always had dogs. My mom was the kindest person. But they hadn't made the connection. But my mom, as she got older, she would not eat meat anymore. And when she started getting Alzheimer's, she's like, I'm not eating that. Oh, wow. <laughs> and, you know, so then we, I just started really going after it. It's a learning curve. And I didn't want to make myself, you know, unwell, but it's soup. It's the easiest thing. It's easier than, than eating meat. It's yeah, easy. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm, I'm the same boat. Corey and I are both in that. Mm-hmm. Good for you. I mean, Corey has always been very inspiring to me. Um, his, his, uh, social media presence and, um, just, it just was wonderful of, of the way people approach it. I don't think you can be, uh, really maniacal about, about that kind of advocacy. I don't want to turn people off. I don't want to infuriate people. What I want to do is encourage them to just to do some more plants. And I really yeah. believe they'll get there on their own because it's happening now. Yeah. Five, six-year-old kids, because of the Internet now, are going, I'm not eating that. Yeah. Right. I'm not eating bacon. Because yeah. that bacon was, you know, Wilbur the pig. And, <laughs> and when you make that kitchen, when you make that connection as a young person, the parents cannot force their kid to eat a no. drumstick. No, right. not at all. Yeah. When no, exactly. they're like, just I want pasta, mummy. I don't want yeah. that. I want um, tomatoes and and uh, and they've come a long way, man. Vegan food. Well, and with the prices yeah. of, and with the prices of beef in Canada protein. nowadays, I mean, it doesn't take a genius to figure out that you know there are alternatives. But this leads me to believe, and I mean, we don't like to make this a, a too much of a political show, but sometimes no. I often wonder because I mean, I, I admit I'm not vegetarian or vegan at this what? time. I know, I know, right? But I, I'm sure there's other on this panel, and not because, but I'm, a, I'm an animal lover, and I know that I, I definitely respect the fact that people say that when you say you love animals, the idea, you know, the ideology is just that cats, dogs, household pets, but it's not the case. But how is it that you being in Canada and live in Canada, because this is what I often wonder, is that when you live somewhere where you can grow vegetables and have a garden year-round, et cetera, et cetera, that makes it a little bit easier. How, how do you maintain that lifestyle living in Canada and, you know, being in winter climate when uh, some of that stuff is not always accessible? Corey, Corey, well, you can chime in on this too. I mean, I just see, yeah, I don't know. I'm just, yeah, yeah. Contrary to what you might think. I mean, it, it's, we're living in a world now that, you know, obviously I don't live by the hundred mile rule. I don't have a greenhouse. So yes, I'm eating produce from Mexico. I'm eating produce from South America. I'm eating a lot of produce from California. Um, I'm about to start eating a lot of stuff from British Columbia. I'll have my own garden. I'll start, I've already started kind of eating the greens and things that are coming up. That's pretty quick. And, uh, but I will have enough root vegetables and things like that from my garden here to last me until March of next year. Easy. Wow. And, and, um, and let's face it, the things that people consider proteins are meat, which starts decaying immediately upon being killed. And the, the plant-based version is beans. And yeah. beans will last forever. Yeah. Well, you know, we saw here in Canada when uh, we were about to go into lockdown, they gave everyone four or five days to kind of acclimate and get their groceries and realize that, you know, you're going to be doing this for 30 days at least. Yeah. The beans were gone. So people knew. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they knew they once the meat was gone, it, it was just like every bean, every legume, every piece of pasta, rice. Of course, the flour went here, as I know it went in the states. Um, people realize, and I think what happened too 
another magical thing. The home meals started being made, and people didn't have access to chicken four days a week or fish or this or that. They were making really great meals with beans, with pastas, with lentils, vegetables, you know, things that we were still getting. But there's nothing in Canada we can't get. I mean, we're, we're getting really exotic fruit there's stuff that flies in from hawaii you know every second day yeah i don't think i've ever not been able to get an avocado in this country and we don't mm-hmm. fucking grow avocados in yeah, Canada. right, right. Um, but there's there's no excuse for it really but i honest to god if even that one meal a week you're doing your body a favor and you're doing the planet a favor so uh, and, mm-hmm. and protein, like the cheeses, vegan cheeses are way better than they were. Like a year ago, oh, they were yeah, hockey pucks. And better. now it's coming around that, you know, even these Beyond Meat, all these yep. meat substitutes, they're really good. They are, yeah. So, and, and let's face uh, yeah. it, I think, I think almost everybody on this planet is vegan at heart. Nobody wants to see an animal suffer. Nobody wants to kill their own food. Right. But if we put it behind a wall and let somebody else do it, then it's fine. But yeah. So the fact that everybody, nobody wants to see that happen to animals already means that we're vegan at heart. But we just have to align our actions with our morals. Yeah. yeah. It's, uh, you know, the end game is, is that, you know, an animal does die. And it's, there's too many of us now. I think, you know, people talk about, human beings being carnivores and they talk about we've always eaten meat and our brains got bigger when we ate meat and I'm not disputing any of those things you know going back a hundred thousand years people worked very hard for their proteins they often didn't have a protein for six months because they couldn't catch it they couldn't kill it they it took they were exhausted from hunting for two weeks and further than that there was a ritual there was a kindness there was a, um, a beautiful appreciation of the animal, um, and and everything was used. Their hooves, their sinews for their clothes. It was mm-hmm. not what we're seeing now. You know, for example, a lot of slaughterhouses took a hit with COVID nineteen because of the unsanitary conditions. Um, you know, people working shoulder to shoulder. Yeah. You have to understand processing forty five hundred animals a day, large mammals that are funneling in means you're killing one every three seconds Mm. and you know these guys that stand on these lines there's no ritual there's no and i think that's what's missing so when you buy your package of pork chops i understand that and i'm not admonishing people for what they eat i get it i lived that way for 54 years 55 years um but you when you make the connection then you feel the fight you feel the fight in your heart yeah. It starts tugging at you, and you're like, oh, I, yeah, I don't, I don't need that. Yeah. yeah. You know, I have, uh, so but that's what could, I'm talking about, is the ritual, the, 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 the gratitude, you know, when people killed something, they would get together and pray over this animal, pray for its soul. You cannot do that when you're feeding five or six billion people animal proteins. There's no time. Mm-hmm. So going back, and we're gonna we're gonna segue off of this because I didn't want to miss a story that Brent you were talking about when we were discussing what to and uh, you know to talk about um, beans being a huge factor in the diet, also known uh, worldwide as the magical fruit. Brent, didn't you have a good <laughs> didn't you have a good story that you wanted to ask a question on? Oh my goodness! I was hoping we would talk about farting at some point. <laughs> it's, it's, it's about to come up. <laughs> But here's the thing. So, Jan, check this out. See this? 
So I saw you in, I guess it says December 1st, so I'm guessing 95. Ah! Winnipeg? He it the whole time in his wallet. So, <laughs> no, no, I, Next to the condom, there's a little <laughs> <laughs> my parents Winnipeg, And I found this amongst a bunch of stuff. And I thought, this is so amazing that I found an old backstage pass that I still had. And we were going to talk this week. So, But it reminded me of a story that you told that night. And uh, it just kind of, if you want to, I mean, <laughs> I thought it was one of the, it, it still stuck with me today. But you did tell a little bit of an Anne Murray story who is of course you know an iconic canadian singer as well but you had a little story you told in front of the entire audience that night at the concert i thought well maybe jan i don't know if it's a good story but uh, it had something to do with uh, you two in the studio and you know where i'm going with this I think I do. I don't even know if I want to tell that story. <laughs> uh, but I, I would like to hear your version of it, but please go ahead. I just, I remember like, because it was such a, an awesome concert, and then you kind of lightheartedly told a story about, you know, one of your heroes, and you guys were in the studio together, right, in the in the vocal booth or something? Yeah. Somehow yeah. there was some sort of... Uh, passing of gas that yes there was <laughs> yes. Yes, <laughs> yes there was yes there was you 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 know when you pass gas with Anne murray there's just there's no coming back from that wow. no but singing sometimes it causes a bit of pressure of course, yeah, especially when you're trying hard uh oh my lord i um Anne is uh yeah she's amazing she's got a birthday coming up uh the 20th of this month she'll be 75 Oh wow! Wow! But I, she was she was one of my heroes growing up for sure. Oh yeah, there I was mean, a she's, great, she's like a I know you guys sang together too. Like I think maybe in '96 you guys did something that I uh, yes. remember seeing live, and it was you know she was singing your song, and you guys sang together with like a bunch of other singers doing the harmony. It was really really cool. Yeah, just, you know, yeah. it was like, one of those one of those moments where you just are in disbelief. Oh, um, and and singing, I got a chance to sing a song called "On Love" with Jackson Brown cool. on the Living Under June mm. record, and I I just guys to this day just can't even believe that because "Running on Empty" was one of those records that I was lying on the floor between the speakers, and yeah. sure. he was such a great guy, and he just was so handsome. Yeah, like, yeah. I just remember being in the studio in Santa Monica, and I'm thinking, why am I even here? Like, what am I doing here? <laughs> And he just was like a surfer. He was just—he's just a beautiful-looking man. He still is. Yeah. He's—he's mm -hmm. seventy-two yeah. or seventy-one now, and he's really looked after himself. And uh, but yeah, just so many great moments. What about uh, so the these are the days record, um, which I've been kind of jonesing on the last little while, and knowing that Bob Rock produced, he did that record, right? Yes. So and we all love Rock. Yeah, Bob. he's. I've done. Um, three records with him now oh, and he is um the, the these are the days we wrote a lot of that record together yeah um and he just he'd have these great riffs and we just sat in the studio and at brian adams uh, the warehouse you guys have all yeah. been there yeah. yeah and uh i just would scribble lyrics down and melody in the corner and and he just had me like sing it on the spot and um it was a really great experience he's he's a monster talent he he's a very eccentric man like we'd work for 20 minutes and then he stops and he would tell you a story about bob seeger that would just like blow the hair off your nipples <laughs> and um then he'd, then he'd work again but we were all just sitting there just listening to this epic story about bob seeger and then he would he had so many stories about people 
so we'd work for a little while, and then he he likes to tell a story, and I I just wish that I could record him telling yeah. telling all this stuff. But he's he's a very kind, very talented man, and um, sometimes I don't think he gets the the um, attention that he deserves because he's not flashy, you know. He's not he doesn't like the right. public eye much. Well, he's, he's the only Winnipeg. producer. Yeah. Yes, he is. He's the it's only producer I've ever worked with that, you know, he says, I'm just going to, I'll be back in 15 minutes. I'm going to go grab a coffee. He comes back three hours later <laughs> with uh, four Japanese fashion magazines and a new pair of handmade boots. And you're like, where have you been? <laughs> and then you just work again. But yeah. so if you're going to do a record with Bob Rock and it's it's you and him, but who rounds out a record, like, you know, instrumentation-wise? Because when I saw your band, in, I, I've seen you, you several times live, but I know you've had, like, Pat Stewart play with you, Keith Scott, and you've always Alice, had... Alison Cornell, uh, yeah. Corey, you know, she's been out with me. So uh, Alison was Norm, the first singer on the Shania. Norm, Norm Fisher on bass, um, but Alison, yeah, it's been I've worked with her for the better part of twenty years. But just worked with some great drummers over the year. I, I remember having a band together, and uh, Kenny Aronoff was playing drums, and I forget who was on bass. But it, it just looking around me, I was I've, I've always been so grateful to work with really good players yeah. um gary craig and you know russ broom he's, mm -hmm. he's very very underestimated he's just but he wants to stay home and produce records he doesn't want to be on the mm -hmm. road you know right um but yeah it's just great bands playing we're music all, we're all unemployed except we all like playing together so if you ever want to have uh Tuke as your backing band maybe yeah there you go yeah. <laughs> i'm so down with that you know we should we should do uh, we are the world maybe there you yes. go or tears just, are not enough. Oh, we want tears are not enough. Come on. Tears yeah, are not it, enough. I think that was a David Foster song, wasn't it? It was, yeah. Did you write that? That was their, uh, that was their uh, Ethiopian uh, song, yeah. yeah. I, I don't know where, I mean, I was supposed to be on the road until the end of this month, but it looks like they're starting to plug things in April, May, June next year, so we'll see what that looks like. I know there's some people running around doing concerts at drive-ins and people are there with their cars and kind of yeah. doing stuff like that i'm grateful for the time yeah. i'm uh i'm just gonna sit back and and try and take in the lessons and sure and think about what kind of person i want to be going forward and i'm actually really relieved that stage is not my life i don't my happiness is not contingent on constant adulation i'm a very I'm out here by myself in the trees. I've been single for four years, which is the best thing that ever happened to me because I wasn't <laughs> single for 30 years. I just wow. went from one to the next to the next. And sure. so this is just, I think I'm just coming out of this fog. So I'm, I'm grateful for this time. I think it's a really special time in history to reevaluate what, you know, I'm not what I do. I'm more. I know. I don't want to sound too esoteric, but I'm, I'm not what I do. And I know there's a lot of people with yeah. very big narcissistic egos that are hating this because of course. Yeah, they yeah. can't be in front of people and they have nowhere to wear their clothes and yeah. nowhere to, yeah. to nowhere to get that fuel. Yeah. And, uh, well, that's what it, that's what Instagram's for, I suppose. <laughs> yeah. But for some people, that's just not it. We'll see what it's happens. Not enough, I mean, they're, yeah. they're they're opening up stuff now, and uh, like you said, I in your um, 
the uh, preamble before I came on when I was in the green room. Oh, you listened to that? You guys were I didn't think anybody listened. Yeah, of course. <laughs> you guys were talking about, you know, having instrumental shows, but they wouldn't allow singing. What? Because mm. you're spitting on The people? Ontario government oh, yeah. has said that, so, yeah, there's no dancing or singing in any restaurants or clubs. It really is very footless, it is, isn't yeah. it? <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's save some us Kevin kinda... Bacon. Yeah, save us Kevin Bacon. Well, what what do you guys think? Do you think we'll be out in front of people like next year early? I or think the fascinating thing to me is that actually, I remember saying to a friend of mine, I "Go, dude, there's punk rock clubs that'll be like, you know, just don't even care. They'll just start booking shows." And I've I've got friends in Nashville. And, you know, on Facebook, he's posting a picture of, or maybe some video, I can't remember what it was, of just a gig. And I go, oh, this must be from last year. And I go, no, it's like three days ago. So there, you know, so if you are booking, and Fremont Street here, I'm in Vegas. Fremont Street, the you know, the whole outdoor thing they have there. Yes. There's like four stages, so bands can play and entertain people. And Right now? Uh, well, currently there's no bands playing, but my friend, okay. my friend was there the other night, and he said... It's as if nothing is wrong. It's people are out. It's Fremont Street in Las Vegas, and everybody's just hanging out. And I'm like, oh, wow. Well, I guess I'm, we'll see. Well, let's yeah, not, exactly. for, let's not I mean, forget, just like we talked about, there's a shit ton of bands that are not affected by the 50 capacity rule at all. I mean, well, that's, yeah. true. <laughs> yeah. that's business as usual <laughs> yeah. for a lot of these guys, right? I yeah. mean, so. That's yeah. fine. But, well, it's, it's a weird thing to consider because, you know, there's been talk about, like, oh, then we'll take. Um, Rogers Arena and like you know sell like a third of the tickets and space every day. I go that doesn't financially work for anybody. The vendors no. or like the band, the crew. That's that's just not a thing. And I go it's just basically on hold until. I mean that that level. I was just talking. Uh, I was at the studio the other day and big big groups like Slipknot and Five Finger Death Punch. They friends of mine kind of flowing in and out of these bands and like none of them can tour because they only play hockey arenas or stadiums. Yeah. And so anybody at that level is all, you know, but it's, it's sort of more like you can't stop people, I suppose, once they decide there's people out anyway on these, uh, like on, on Main Street or Broadway in, in, in Nashville or Fremont in, in Vegas. Put a band up there, I guess. You know, what difference does it make at this point? So I think it's going to happen quicker than we think, um, unless there's a giant second wave that shuts you know, that all down, too. We'll see. It seems to vary country to country, too, of how people are doing yeah. Um, I know in Canada, even provincially, it's so different in the East. Like the Maritimes have done incredibly well. Yeah. You know, sometimes they have like one or two cases and no deaths. Yeah. And, um, but I, I think we've done pretty good in Canada as as far as it goes. But, you know, there's some places that are just in the middle of it now. They're just swinging the bat hard. Sure. Their hospitals are overwhelmed. Like when you look at South America, what's happening in Brazil and yeah. Argentina, and you know they're kind of where Italy was six weeks ago. Right. Um, so we'll we'll see what happens. I mean, they, they're having a second wave in China now. They're trying to I put know. the hammer down and get that back on. But you know, vaccine. Only somebody would need a vaccine. Us. We need. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> I think I think the world's been warning us for a while. You know, the yeah, mares, the SARS. Yeah. You know, these respiratory things. And the, the thing of it is, it is really Russian roulette because 
we don't know if we are going to be one of the people that has relatively no symptoms or that if we're one of the people that ends up in ICU in a matter of hours. So I think that's the scary part of this disease. That's the um, crazy thing about it is how, how, yeah. how, hid, how hidden it can be. And yeah. I feel fine. And you go out and you infect some old lady and she dies. It's like it's, it's a horrible thing to consider, but that's clearly what they're trying to tell us. So. Mm. Yeah. No, I mean, I never thought I'd live to see anything like this, but no. I... Like I said, I think there's some really amazing things coming out of it. I think uh, the BIPOC Black Lives Matter movement, mm-hmm. it was the veneer finally came off yeah. of this this model of how we've been going about our lives, certainly in North America and Europe, of ignorance and um, mm. complacency and silence and... I'm glad to see it happen, I, and I hope we never go back. People are and like, you have to you have to wonder if if the actual um, isolation or the or the um, quarantine itself in some way affected just this sort of universal um, awareness of it all. You know yeah. what I mean? Absolutely. And not to take away from Absolutely. all the real important events and all the real awarenesses that have come out across the globe. Number one in our books being Tuk Talk. So we have to talk a little bit about this band. Are you familiar with? No, we yeah, don't. No, because I don't want to talk about that. I want to talk about. Jan I know, Arbor. but I, I, I want to get. I want... No, I, I don't know much about Tuk Talk. When when Corey approached me about Tuk Talk, I was like, I don't know. She's like, what the hell? Is who are these guys? Who are these guys? Yeah. Uh, I'm I'm just like, it's Corey. I'm in. All right, oh, that yeah. so that I, that's, that's fantastic. Part, but if if you haven't already checked it out, um, these guys do fantastic covers and of course their own songs but cover a lot of canadian rock music across the board old school and canadian if you haven't rock, if yeah. you yes. haven't had the chance yeah. we talked earlier about the ability to still sing in you know without changing keys todd has this i don't know whatever <laughs> fountain of youth at home that allows him to maintain the ability to do all of these songs in and do them fantastic yeah! <laughs> so, so we had Darby Mills on a couple of weeks ago, and uh, we, we oh, know, Darby! And she sang, she sang on on, uh. the, on the last Tuke record, and of course, um, these guys did a cover of Alanis Morissette. So, I was my question to you was that if you were to pick a song out of your library that Tuke for us to play, play, where do you think, or what do you think that would be? I think it would be. Oh my God! I don't even know. I'm not your lover. Off my very first record, it's okay. like a bluesy four on the floor, super we'll awesome song to sing. We'll you have a great time with it. I'm not your lover because there's very, I mean, there's very few male singers in the world that can actually sing female leads and do it justice. Todd Kearns being probably the top of the list. Todd, I have no doubt in my heart and mind. None Thank you. Mm. Well, I, 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 I hope we all. I don't ruin your song. It's, it's basically every <laughs> you time can't we ruin do my songs. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, people normally just lay down when they come to my shows, you know. So I don't know. <laughs> so on top of that, though, what, like looking back on the Canadian rock, a friend of mine pointed out to me one day. He goes, "You realize that the music that you're covering is predominantly like a five-year span because all of us are about the same age." And we all grew up in Canada because, and in Canada, you don't really differentiate between that's Canadian, that's American, that's no. British. It's just all music, you know? Yes. So to us, like covering stuff like Loverboy or 
uh, April Wine, and, and any of the obvious crossover groups, but there's quite a few like deep cut type things. Is there any groups from back in the day like that you would say you guys should be doing this song or that band or something like that? I'd be very Gosh. curious. Alberta has a totally different perspective too. Listen, I keep thinking of Jansen Interceptor. Oh my God! Such a tiny thing. <laughs> I just said you got that. The world day. on your shoulders, working, wow. loving, you struggle every day. <laughs> wow, that's, that's the price of mission right that's there. Right. To hear you Jansen so Interceptor. <laughs> like I one. saw them in the bars. They were, they just were killing Where it. Where were they from? Where was Jansen? Edmonton. Really? Wow. Yeah, and I think they became the models or something like that afterwards. Do you remember the band, the models? Yeah, I, yeah, I saw yeah. the model. I saw them. I saw the models open for Pat Benatar. Wow! Okay. I my first concert of all time was Kiss with Pat Benatar opening for wow. them. Whoa! In 1976. Oh. So that that Whoa. tour that that tour what tour with that? That's like Destroyer. 76. Oh, it would have been right out of the gate. Yeah. It, it, was, it was, I was four, 15. It was right. crazy. Pat Benatar was so badass. Like her, uh, she's Neil, still her, great. Her, yeah, she's still amazing. Yeah, yeah, you're she's right. Still, and uh, we, Hollywood, did you do any songs from uh, the, t t the woman Toronto? Hollywood that was in Toronto? Yeah, we did. Uh, oh, she was supposed to be on the show with you today, to be honest. Oh, I love her. Well, here, here's the thing, and, and I'm glad you brought it up because I was going to interrupt and just say, I'm supposed to say hi to you from Hollywoods because she was supposed to be on the show today, and then for whatever reason, we couldn't get our schedules all lined up, so uh, she wasn't well, here. I'm, I'm a massive fan of hers, and yeah, uh, I listen to her. She's such a great singer, right? Ad nauseum. You know, she was very right up there with Ann Wilson for me. I mean, oh, Holly yeah. has uh, her range... And they had some great songs. Oh, Trump yeah. had some great songs. They did. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we, I don't know. we covered Enough is Enough from their Head On album on one of our uh, two <laughs> <laughs> I believe that means yeah, they wrote approval. We, we've always talked about how the Alive song, or no, what, what, what About Love went on to be a giant hit for Heart. Heart. Yes. What About Love? As written by Toronto, yeah. Mm -hmm. Wow, there was such great music coming out of Canada. I don't know, such a great history of singer-songwriters here, but there were some really great rock bands, too. Yeah, so we have to do Jensen Interception. Put that on the list. Interceptor. Interceptor, sorry. Yeah. I always screw that up. And, uh, yeah, so if you think of anything else, let us know. We'll try and put that on the list. We actually oh, talked, no. the other day, we were, Corey brought up the idea of doing, because somebody brought up, like, Joni Mitchell, Neil Young, and Murray. There's so many, like, like you say, the... the uh, sort of folk-oriented type groups, and you go, well, that's a whole other thing. Maybe we should do, like, an EP of... Seasons in the Sun. Ooh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Terry Jacks. Terry Jacks. Terry Jacks. That's a good one. Seasons that's in a great the Sun. Just got to do a Tuke, Tuke Unplugged album. Storytellers. Tuke Unplugged. Storytellers. Yeah. Untooked. Yeah, untooked. I would line up for that. Definitely Gordon Lightfoot. Yeah, Gordon Lightfoot, of course. Yeah, yeah. And probably a foot in cold water could be tapped into as well. I just listened to that the other day, too. Wow. In the morning light. Dan Hill in there. We'll get some Dan Hill. <laughs> Dan Hill. Yeah, there you go. I, love that. I was playing the Winnipeg Folk Fest, and there was like a knock at my door at the little trailer. I was waiting to go out, and it was Gordon Lightfoot. And I just wow. about died. Yeah. Uh, this wow. was about maybe eight, nine years ago. And he goes, Dan, Gordon. 
I'm like, I know who you are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We all <laughs> like, know who you are. Hey, do you mind? Would it be cool if I just went out and played a couple tunes before you went out? I'm like, Gordon, you can you can do the whole set if you want. Wow. And he went out and he did. If you could read my mind. Cool. And people went so crazy that I. But I'll never forget it. Like, I just I've just had a few of those moments that have been so. Surreal. Just I mean, Gordon so and Anne Murray, that's pretty much like the, you know, like the, the, the king and queen of Canadian music in so At many least ways. I didn't fart in front of Gordon. <laughs> <laughs> At least I was chill. There's but always time. There's always time. Yes. Yeah. Well, the good thing about the coronavirus now, the quarantine, is that you can fart all you want while you, we have this, yes. this discussion. <laughs> and I'm really not gassy. I want the people of the world to know that. I've got it under control. It's just the singing, singing forces like your 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 diaphragm is being. No, I'm I'm all good. I rarely. That's the only two times I've ever farted in my life. <laughs> just for Anne Murray. It really just comes down to memorable moments. God, I feel like we've known each other for such a long time. <laughs> you know, and they they always they always say never meet your heroes, and then there's the ones like never fart in their vocal booth. You know, it's like yeah. <laughs> No, that's so sad. So, how does that work with the? Uh, I've lost the name of it now. The uh, the the um, getting knighted in Canada. What do we call it again? Order of Canada. Order of Canada. I'm sorry. It is a fiasco of a day. Um, oh, I, I was so imagine. nervous. You have to go to Ottawa. You go to Ottawa and you stay there overnight, and then the next day they pick you up in a bus and they take you to Rideau Hall and. You sit in a room and they tell you how you're going to go up to the governor general and bow and and how you need to stand on the stage. And I've never been that scared in my life. And, uh, <laughs> so yeah. was the prime minister there and everything like that? Or is prime that minister was not there. This is definitely governor general stuff. So okay, this is with Julie, Julie Payette. And, but it was, okay. I was in a room full of physicists, astronauts, Whoa. scientists, yeah. um, you know, films with a guitar. And then I was just like, okay. how do you out? Who says, oh, by the way, Jan, uh, or they email you or they call you? What do they say? They like, call you. They call and you. I thought my brother had died. Um, they said, oh. I was, Chris said, we're going to get this call in an hour because they contacted my road manager mm-hmm. to make sure they could talk to me. And they just said, you know, are, is, is, are you Jan Arden Richards? I said, yes, I am. And I thought, my brother died in jail. This is what this call is. And she said, we are wondering if you will accept the blah, 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 Order of Canada. What? I remember just looking around, what? <laughs> but it, it really was extraordinary. I'm very, very proud to That's so awesome. Like that. it's, I mean, it's, it's basically, you know, bringing something to the table for your country. And I'm comfortable with that, you know, and that they they pick so many different kinds, different fields. And, and then you go to a dinner. It was really, really interesting. Well, it's, it cool, like, it's, it's one of those things that I think all the time. It's like one day you pick up a guitar, you've no idea if it's really you're into it. You're like it's like you said, it's like a romance with this instrument, with the idea of coming up with songs and then finding your voice, and and then you just kind of like fast forward, and the next thing you know, you're like standing in Ottawa, getting handed the, you know, like this 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 honor. It's like it's such a trip, like to to see you you 
you uh, uh, just hit that kind of level is like is so awesome because I think I think it's good. I always want people to watch stuff like this and go and, and be inspired to kind of like you know I've always wanted to write a book and I'm like dude it's coronavirus right now go write that book. Yeah. What else you got to do? Go sit down, clackety clack and come up with you know do your thing because it's it's yeah. too easy to be like meh. Well, and you seem so you, you seem so humble to, to to accept that amongst the same type of people that you were discussing when you say scientists and teachers and you know don't ever for a second I'm just looking at some of these comments coming in online and I mean everybody affects people in a different way so don't ever think that Absolutely. your ability to affect oh, no, people doesn't doesn't rank Absolutely. amongst the top scientists and the top teachers of this world because. Again, I mean, we always put the arts as second to everything else, but I think that there's a lot of people out there. To be there honest, that... I have very few 8 by 10s signed by scientists. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, another thing COVID shone a huge light on was how important the arts and music is. Yeah. Uh, musicians and artists raised millions upon millions upon millions of dollars for food banks, for blood, for, you know, the Red Cross, for uh, every kind. I mean, when you saw the fires in Australia, who came to Together. It was artists on a stage that yeah. raised $500 million Absolutely. for the Australian relief for the animals being torched and the and the mm. beautiful land and the people that needed help and lost their homes. Musicians, artists, dancers, people, storytellers, actors, actresses have been at the forefront of cheering people on. When you think about what people are doing at home, they're watching television in an unprecedented way. They're oh, yeah. streaming things. I mean, the content that people have absorbed just from Hulu, Netflix, Disney, whatever. Um, and that's all people that are storytellers. So those are the artists of our world. And Absolutely. I think people realize now, with take that off the table, it would have been a very different point. Oh, Absolutely. Can you imagine if it was back in the day, like with were you just staring at a fireplace for three months? <laughs> it's like, yes. you know, yeah. <laughs> you really but you know what? Exactly, but then that fellowship between science and art, which oh, absolutely. gives us the ability to sit here and, and, and do this and be in different corners of the globe and to speak in real time and have people able to watch and tap their comments. We're living in a time that is 2020 will be remembered and on the map of humanity a oh, yeah. thousand years from now. Absolutely. You know, and here we are in the middle of it. So what are we going to do? Totally. We just totally. have to be better versions of ourselves. Yeah. Um, well, the the yeah. irony they say is hindsight is twenty twenty. That's my Ron McLean uh, segue there. You know. There you go. Yeah. Ron McLean is a hockey guy. Just in case anybody's not. Oh. I, I've done I've done gigs with Ron McLean. I've done no charity gigs. He's where, a where it's me and Ron. Oh, that's so cool. Amazing. That's so cool. Yeah, having fun and, and making jokes, and I think I did the Stampede Parade with Ron. So let, let's once. touch oh, on that yes. for a second. There, you've done so many things. Is there anything that you have yet to accomplish that you want to do? Yeah, yeah, bucket What's list. Bucket list. Yeah. I mean, don't laugh at this, but I really would like to get a metal detector and go to the fields of England and find treasure. Oh. You think I'm treasure kidding? Or no, I'm not kidding. Relics or treasure? My friend, uh, well, relics, either okay. or. And, and I'm really an uh, archaeology fanatic, and I would love to be on a dig. You know, I maybe an old lady with a hat and with my brush and my little, my little <laughs> shovely thing. 
if and you pitch like that to the right make... network, that's a reality yeah. show or, or like yes. a, you know, a documentary series. That's that your network. Yeah. That's, I would love, I would love, love, love to do that. Um, we'll come along and, can, and help you carry yes. your shovels. Play <laughs> music. Yeah. Or you guys too. can do like the Mad Max Fury Road, the archaeology. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's a You can be hooked up to stuff behind me, just playing, and I'll just be digging. <laughs> Somebody write this down. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I'll spray oh, my, my teeth silver, and I'll just dig. <laughs> that's actually the name of the show. You could actually just stand there with your little shovel and bucket, and it'd be Jan's Bucket List. That'd be the name of your show. There you go, bucket list. There's nothing yeah. about that I don't like. You can have that one. In your yeah, yard? So that's, it. Uh, that's it. That's uh, um, it. I mean, you probably I'd love have to have a, a sanctuary and uh, archaeology and, and get a metal detector. Nice. So I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. Maybe even go. next time. Here you go. Love that's your cut. Dinosaurs in your yard up there. What were you going to say, Brent? I think Jan probably has some dinosaurs to dig up just in her, uh, you guys are in Alberta. Yeah, in Alberta. Oh, yeah. There's yeah. some serious dinosaur shit going on around here. Oh, yeah. The stuff that they find. New yeah. stuff? Oh, yeah. They're finding, they have so much stuff that they found that other people have found that they take to the Terrell Museum. Yeah. It's impossible for them to unpack it, to clean it. To use it, I mean, they're taking the best of the best now, but there's hundreds and hundreds of bones and teeth and finds and yeah. Is there an actual Albertosaurus? Am I am I crazy in saying that? Yeah, I think there is an Albertosaurus. Oh. Isn't isn't that I the name that they give to everything right. before they discover what it is? Or am I mistaken on that? Probably, maybe yeah, maybe they maybe, just wait yeah. to name it. I don't know. It feels like it feels like I might have made that up, but I'm going to stay. I'm well. stick with it. <laughs> It just seems very, very you new. You guys are probably going to kill me, but I'm having people for dinner that are okay. going to Oh, here. bring them on. Bring them on. You? Yeah, just no, bring them on. I would yeah, put us at the table. would kill me. It's, just so everyone's out there in quarantine, it's two people that I've been spending some time with, and we're still like really careful. We don't even hug when we come in the door. So. Okay. Yeah. But yeah. I just don't, I didn't want no. people going, oh my God. Fair enough. So let, let's, let's wrap it up. Jan Arden live postponed. Obviously, any idea we all what we don't have an idea as to when this gonna just April, May, April, May June. June. April, Next May okay. June is, is what on my calendar it says. So let's season one of yeah. your show. Everybody can stream on ctv.ca, and season two premiering and when? Crave. Season and two crave. should be out in September. September. Awesome. Well, we want to thank you for coming on the show today. That was fantastic. Thank you, Jan. Thank you, Jan. This so has been the best, you know? You guys look intimidating, but you're really nice fellas. <laughs> That's a shame. He just sits there with that <laughs> golden smile. intimidating, guys. Yes, you guys have James. good hygiene, good dental care. I'm really impressed. What are you making for dinner? Just on the last note, what are you making for dinner for your guests? I'm making, I'm doing um, Beyond Meat sausages, so I'm doing a bangers and mash, so I've got cauliflower and potato with basil Ooh. out of my garden and rosemary, nice. and I'm doing caramelized onions, so the little, the sausage will go on top of that, and then peas and carrots. Nice. Wow. Oh, that's fantastic. So your, your guests are in for a treat, as were our guests today yeah. in for a treat, because yes. they were fantastic. I'd like to thank you for coming on, and next week, who wants to make the call? Who wants to introduce our guest next week? Uh, we don't have yeah, anybody we do. Yet, do we? we can, <laughs> oh yeah, we do. We do. We, we do. firm this off the air. Mighty Jeff. Neal. We will have the mighty Jeff Neal, guitar player. From oh, 
who uh, will be talking. I'm in Winnipeg, and he's in Winnipeg. He just moved from Vancouver to Winnipeg. Hey, you could be in his basement next week. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, he has lots to talk about because, you know, he lived in Australia for many years and worked with Jimmy Barnes, the legendary Jimmy Barnes, as well as wrote all of our favorite Streetheart songs. So uh, we can't wait to talk to him next week. Streetheart. Streetheart, baby. Tune in. Another epic band. Anyways, thanks so much, No, no, thank you. Thank you, Chad. So enjoy dinner. Bye, everybody, and we'll see you next Tuesday. Our guest, Jeff Neal from Streetheart. Have a good week, everybody, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye. Yes, you will. Bye. Bye.